Hello, and thank you for joining us again today for the Crossroads Baptist Church Radio Ministry. If you'd like to listen to more of these broadcasts, you can check us out online at crossroadsofslipperyrock.com, and under the Resources tab, you will find the radio ministry where we archive all of these messages. Today, I want to get into a, a type of a word study with you. If, uh, if you're able to have your Bible with you, I encourage you to do so. We, we value the Word of God here at Crossroads Baptist Church, and we value our King James Bibles, and we want you to make sure that I am telling you the truth. I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to look in the Bible for yourself and see. Now, if you can't have your Bible on you right now, then just do your best to follow along as I read the scriptures. Before we begin, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the ability we have to study it freely, free from fear and persecution, Lord. Help us to glean everything we can from it today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The word I want to present to you today is the word powerful. Powerful. Now, I want you to consider there are only three times in the entire Word of God that the word powerful is used. Only three. Today, we're going to take the next few moments and examine this word in the context of Scripture. Uh, Quickly, at the beginning here, we'll define the word powerful. It is having great power or strength to be full of power. Of course, we think of power and sometimes people think of money. Sometimes people think of great weapons like a nuclear bomb is powerful. Uh, But let's see how the Bible uses the word powerful in the word of God. Psalm chapter 29 and verse number four, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. So the first use of the word powerful in the Bible is speaking of the voice of the Lord. Now we know right from Genesis 1-3, the power of God's voice. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. I mean, yes, there's no disputing the fact that there is power in the voice of God. Let's consider another passage, Deuteronomy 5-22. Deuteronomy 5 22, the Bible says, These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount of the midst of the fire, of the cloud and of the thick darkness, with a great voice. And he added no more. And he wrote them in two tables of stone and delivered them unto me. And it came to pass, when he heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, for the mountain did burn with fire, that he came near unto me, even all the heads of your tribes and your elders. And he said, Behold, the Lord our God hath shewed us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire, and we have seen this day that God doth talk with man, and he liveth. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more than we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that hath heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and lived? Uh, the voice of God is is a powerful thing. The voice of God is a powerful thing. And God's word still today, people hear it and it has this effect on them. Please don't speak directly to me or I'll die. Please don't convict my heart. I don't like that. I don't like the feeling of hearing the word of God. A lot of people avoid the word of God like the plague because of the power that it holds. Now it's interesting note that the phrase, the voice of the Lord is found 49 times in 47 verses in the Old Testament Yet in the New Testament, that phrase is used only once and only in reference to a passage in the Old Testament uh, concerning the voice of the Lord coming to Moses 
back there in the Old Testament. Now, why is this? I would I would submit to you that this is explained in John chapter 1, verse 14. The Bible says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There was not a need for the voice of the Lord when the very Word of God was present. It is the same today. God is not going to speak from heaven to you in an audible voice to give you some special instruction or information that he hasn't already given to mankind through his word. So often people who complain that they cannot hear or see God in their lives, they have dusty Bibles. I think it's as simple sometimes as Ecclesiastes 12.12. 12, the Bible says, And further by these my son be admonished of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. If it doesn't come in a movie or TV option, most people don't want it nowadays. So in the first use of the word powerful in God's word, we see that the voice of the Lord is powerful. The second use in scripture is 2 Corinthians 10.10. 10. The Bible says, For his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Now this, of course, in the context is referencing the letters of the Apostle Paul. Letters of Paul. Now, this is an interesting verse because we tend to, I don't know about you, but I tend to look at the missionary journeys of Paul and, and the things that happened to him and the things he did and get this grand image of a powerful and eloquent speaker who convinced whole cities to follow Christ, who stood before rulers and, and kings, and and that's not really the case here. What, what did Paul say concerning himself? 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 through 5, Bible says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Knowing Paul's own estimation of himself gives a little bit more weight in my mind to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26 through 29, where the Bible says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised. God hath chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Paul himself, though a wise man, was not a powerful speaker. Consider with me uh, another passage, Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 4. Philippians 3, 4. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh... This is the Apostle Paul speaking here. If any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. The Apostle Paul had a very good testimony. The Apostle Paul was wise. He had the knowledge. He had the drive. Yet, according to what we see in Scripture, he was not a skilled speaker by man's standards. And don't ever think that God cannot use you because you aren't the best at something. God sees your attitude. He sees your faithfulness, your willingness, and your priorities. Just like with Paul, if you read further on in Philippians 3, we come to verse number 7. The Bible says, but what things were gained to me, those 
I counted loss for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I might win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Paul had the right attitude. Paul had the right spirit about him. Paul had the right drive about him. And God saw that. And even though Paul and others said, hey, his speech isn't the greatest. His bodily presence is weak. He's he's not the most uh, eloquent speaker God still used him in a great and mighty way. So, so never limit yourself as to what you believe God can do through you. God, God again and again shows us imperfect people being used by him to do amazing things. In Exodus chapter 4, we read about Moses uh, debating with God about whether or not to be used of God because he says, I'm, I'm of slow speech. I don't talk very well, Lord. Jeremiah chapter 1, Jeremiah says, Oh, I, God, I'm too young to be used of you. In Judges chapter 6, Gideon claims, Wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. We always have a reason that God can't use us. And Quite honestly, God has no need of us. God could make the rocks cry out the gospel, but he's chosen to use us. And do not sell yourself short for what you can accomplish for God if you will sell out for him, if you will obey him, if you will love him the way that you should. I would remind you that in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, the Apostle Paul himself states, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Now, if you look back at our second use of the word powerful again from 2 Corinthians 10.10, 10, it's, it's a clear statement that the letters of the Apostle Paul are called powerful. Now, according to 2 Peter 1, verse 19 through 21, we believe that the letters that Paul the Apostle wrote in the early days of the church were Holy Ghost-inspired words meant for, for Christ's church. Believing that, we can look to this verse and understand that it is telling us that the Word of God is is powerful. Now I want to bring you to the last use of the word powerful in your Bible. If you have a, a, a King James Bible, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So again, the Word of God. We have the voice of God. We have the letters, the letter epistles of Paul. We have the Word of God here. Uh, it has been said that knowledge is power. But consider that verse we just read, God's Word being power. The power of God's Word in your life, though, is limited by how much you seek it. In fact, James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So often mankind seeks power and wealth and influence and strength, but we have available to us the very power of God through the word of God. Wealth can be squandered or stolen, influence can come and it can go, and the strength of man eventually fails, but to have the power of God on a life? What a thought. What an amazing thing. What an opportunity. 
If I were to tell you today, if I were to offer you a glass of water and say that this water is actually liquid power, and if you drink this water, you would have the power to heal, the power to gain strength, power to gain wisdom, and I offered that that glass to you free of charge, would you just take one sip a week? Would you barely touch it? Most people, if offered liquid power, would probably chug that thing down as quick as they could in order to gain that power. Yet we have the Word of God in our laps. We have the Word of God on our shelves. We have the Word of God in our phones. How often do we tap into that source of power? How often do we really utilize the power of God in our lives by studying the Word of God? Psalm 12, 6, the Bible says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Psalm 119, 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? John six sixty eight. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. There is one way to make God's word powerless in the life of a Christian, and that is to ignore it. Psalm 119, verse 130 says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 1 Peter one twenty three. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The Bible is the most important book on the planet. Within its pages, we find creation, we find God, we find sin and a Savior. The Word of God brings light to the lost and power to the saved. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. If you are a Christian today listening, my question to you is, are you tapping into that power supply every day? Do you desire the power of God in your life? And are you willing to seek it in the pages of God's word where it is meant to be sought? I said before that the only way to make God's word powerless in the life of a Christian is to ignore it, and that is true. But to clarify, all the knowledge of Bible verses and what they say will do you no good if you do not believe them and obey them. So Christian, what are you doing with the power of God that is available to you? If you're listening today and you're not saved, I'm telling you the answer is in the book. The entrance of thy word bringeth light. You can know today from the word of God how to be saved from your sin.